How's it going, everyone? I would like to thank you all for listening to the Tyree TV podcast brought to you by TyreeTV.com. Go on the website and pick out a T-shirt or a hoodie and show your support for this channel and for America. Once again, thanks and God bless. Wow. Um, there are a lot of people viewing this from a different perspective than what I'm going to view it. So let's let's get right into it. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Tyree TV. Uh, glad you can all join me once again. Just to start off, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. All comments are welcome, as long as they're tasteful and respectful. Um, and once again, you know how I like to do it. Let's jump right into it. There are so many people right now who are mad, a little bit upset, at one of the most popular, most famous athletes in history. And you can also say the most famous coaches in history now, and that's Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Primetime. Why, you ask? If you haven't heard already, he's a former head coach at Jackson State University, a football coach. He's leaving Jackson State and HBCU, historically black college university, to go to University of Colorado, which obviously is not an HBCU. Uh, and a lot of people are mad on this one. A lot of people are, especially in the black community, they feel like that he's turned his back on the black community and on HBCUs. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I have my own reason. You know, people look at it from a materialistic or maybe a a, a physical, I like to say physical or carnal-minded um, viewpoint, but we can all look at it that way, and it may turn out, hey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a, uh, let's say, a wealth or money thing, but Deion Sanders is, from what I'm understanding, he's believing in Christ. He gave his life to Christ, I don't know, probably back in the 90s, I'm assuming. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming... Um, at least back when he was playing with the Cowboys, I know, seemed like he did, but he basically says he believes he has a calling upon his life to do certain things. God's given him a calling. And I just want to, before I get it going any further, I just want to, let me see if I can share my screen here with you, find this. I just want to play a clip here just in case you haven't seen it already let me play this for you all who haven't seen it and he in this in this particular clip he's going to be asking he's going to be asked about leaving jackson state and hbcu how difficult was it and, you know, yada, 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 and so forth. So let's uh, hope I'm starting this in the right place. But let's just 
let's just uh, check it out real fast. Coach, nice to meet you. Uh, we know, uh, seeing the documentaries, the difference you've made in, in Jackson, Mississippi, what was it about the opportunity to come here and try to make a difference in a very different place that, that drew you to Colorado? The Bible says God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And he's always taken me, taken me to unlikely places. You know, usually when you're great, I mean, great at something. I mean, really great at something. I was really great, you know? <laughs> I'm joking. You're going to understand my sense of humor now. I kind of wasn't joking, though. I really was. <laughs> usually, you're a staple of that organization. And I had to think when I was a player, why would I have to play for five different football teams and four different Major League Baseball teams? It's because God took me from place to place and faith to faith and glory to glory. Two brand and let me pause right there because God definitely works that way sometimes. He would take you from place to place, from glory to glory, from different situation to different situation. And most people, they'll see that and they may not understand they may think they may think you're just hopping around, um, just confused about what you want to do and where you want to go. But God can move that way. You know, God could take you in one place. And when you've done what you well, what he's called you to do there, he can definitely send you another place. And then once you've done what he's called you to do there, he can send you to another place and so on, you know, until you accomplish everything that he wants you to accomplish. And. I think that might be the point. I don't want to put words in uh, Mr. Sanders' mouth here, but that might be the point that he's trying to make. So let's get back into it. Bring unity, to bring solvency, to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring happiness, to bring love to others. And that's the same darn reason I'm here now, because he always used an unlikely person to do an unlikely thing. So I'm, I'm ready for the task. And I truly am thankful, and I can reiterate it a hundred times, you have no idea. Um, these last few years have been truly a blessing, but we learned a lot about life and a lot about people. Um, I'm not into politics, but I'm into people, and I'm pretty good with people. All right, next question, Pat Graham from the Associated Press. Hey, Coach Brian, I'll kind of echo off that question a little bit. Um, You've made a tremendous impact to the HBCUs. I, I guess, how difficult was the decision to leave what you started there? Tremendous. Because it wasn't about the X's and O's or the wins and losses. It was about those kids. It was about looking at the faces of those kids, knowing that uh, I'm being ready. God is getting ready to elevate me. I'm sorry. God is getting ready to elevate me. Usually a coach is terminated or elevated. Thank God I'm elevated. But still, the, the journey is not complete. Some of the things that we accomplished there. What I love about what he did at Jackson State, and hopefully he does here, is he demands respect of young men and women too, but definitely young men since he's a football coach in a, in an, in a generation that doesn't want to give it in a generation that where most are entitled they have a sense of entitlement like they deserve something you know things are going to be given to them you know 
they feel they can act a certain way and disrespect people. And from what I'm understanding, that's not something that Coach Prime here allows. You know, I, he's a little old school. And I could tell by he, he was raised by some old school people, regardless of what you think about, you know, his personality, his ego. You know, he seems like a very uh, outgoing person. Uh, he's going to say what's on his mind. Uh, regardless of what you think about him, I do see that in him, that someone with a lot of respect and a lot of love raised him. Uh, that's that's what I see. And I, it seems like that that's what he's passing along to these young men. That's what I, that's just my opinion, though. But uh, we'll see where it goes from here. About bringing understanding and notoriety to certain uh, falsities or uh, non-committal things that are done in power fives. Maybe God is using me to be the catalyst to make you think and to make you just fathom another way to to make us feel unthreatened when someone of the other ethnicity is approaching. To just make us feel good about today. Maybe God is really using me to open doors at this level. The thing that alarms me the most is just because I'm leaving Jackson, they think that I'm leaving African-Americans. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> I can never leave who I am or what I am and how I am and how I go about being that. So it is still my task to look in that locker room and see 65 to 70% of African-American men trying to help them get to the next level as well as all the others. My calling is for young men, young women, and people of all walks of life, all social climates, and all ethnicities. That's my calling. I'm going to stop right there again. But, but uh, it's something about the black community that, as a black person, if you say that you have a calling, for some strange reason, if you're calling doesn't include 100% black people it's not real or it's fake or it's bogus whatever it's like for some reason we have this this thing in in, in the black community where if you're a black leader or if you have let's just let's just put it this way not only you're a black leader but let's just say you're a, a man of god man or woman of god and if you're not if your calling doesn't pertain to blacks only then it's not real so you mean to tell me that god can't call you place a calling on your life that will include you going out ministering to not only blacks but whites hispanics asians middle easterns those of indian descent those of uh you know native americans whatever you know it this reminds me of when my wife and I maybe it was within the first couple of years of our marriage we we went to this church and the guy uh the pastor and his wife uh great teachers the pastor definitely a great teacher uh and I know he and his wife definitely have the gift of prophecy I I saw it in my own eyes and one thing I remember him saying is he was telling us one time that 
if if you know for sure that God is calling you to do something, why do you need the approval, the approval of man? You know, if you know for sure that God is calling you to do something, you don't need to go to the pastor to get approval. You might go to the pastor or, or, or an elder to get advice. But if God is calling you to do something, you don't need to get approval. You don't need to get approval from your pastor. You don't need to get approval from your family. You don't need to get approval from anyone. 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 And I feel like in this situation, the black community disapprove of Coach Prime going to Colorado because he's leaving an HBCU. But if you're looking at it from a godly or from a spiritual standpoint, God could be sending him up there to Colorado. And I'm saying up there because I'm like in the Southern state and Colorado's, you know, North. Um, God could be sitting there, sending him there to not only coach, but to do something that far like supersedes coaching. See, we're looking at it from the physical aspect that he's a coach going to coach some young men and he's getting paid for it, which, yes, that is true. That's part of it. But what if that's not the only thing? What if God is sending them here there to do something that's so much greater than football? That's so much greater than the University of Colorado. Do we even think about it that way? I mean, I've heard people who call themselves Christians, who call themselves believers on podcasts, some of them famous, that's pretty much criticizing Dion for going up there. Which I'm thinking they would understand that if God has a calling on your life, it may not look the way everyone else wanted to look. It may like it may not feel the way everyone else wanted to feel. And you don't know, he may have actually struggled with this decision. He may have really struggled. He may have prayed and fasted on this before he did it. You don't know what God is telling him. Now, if it, if it turns out later that it was for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, then he would have to answer for that. Like Coach Prime would have to answer for that, and I think he knows that. But if it's for also for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, P-H-E-T, well, he'll be rewarded for that too, or he'd have to answer for that also. Like, only time will tell. Is it for a, 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 a financial gain? Or is it just for a calling? But that's between Deion Sanders and his heavenly father. God, that has nothing to do with anybody else. That has nothing to do with the black community. Because at the end of the day, if God calls him to do something and he doesn't do it, he's going to have to stand there and face God. The rest of the black community is not going to have to stand there and face God on behalf of uh, Dehan Sanders. He's going to have to do it. That's the way I look at this. You know, he believes he has a calling on his life to do certain things, to impact certain people. Yeah, at this point, you just have to take him at his word and know that hey, maybe God did call him to do this. And just because he's getting paid more doesn't necessarily mean that God didn't call him to do it. We have to stop looking at this. We have, man, we have to look at this with our spiritual eyes. 
we have to pray on. We have to. I always say we have to be a praying people and a praying nation. We have to, so that we will be able to look at things more from a in a, in a spiritual uh, perspective, uh, from a spiritual perspective. That's what disappoints me about this is, you know, and I think I can say this because as a black man in America, it's like the black community try to paint you or put you in this box and you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, think a certain way, vote a certain way, live in a certain area, you know, and that's not right. Like God didn't create us to be put in the box. The only box he God created us to be in. Is his box that's it and we have to remember that as, as Dion said here he was saying that most people feel like I think that he's leaving black people out of black community why how, how, I don't understand how is he leaving how is he leaving the black community and at the same time if he if you feel like he's leaving the black community but he's doing what God called him to do well come on man that's not even a decision to make. Like God can't, God, let's put it this way. God can't call him to do something greater with his life that will affect everyone, not just black people, but everyone. Come on, man. I don't, I don't understand sometimes. I really don't. We need to start looking at this with our spiritual eyes, especially you people out there who call yourselves Christians and believers in Christ, and 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 you're commenting this guy on this guy, or you are criticizing him. Let it play out first. Time will tell. And he can go up there and may not be, may not win a lot of football games, but that does still doesn't mean that God didn't call him to go up there. Because you can go up there and win a lot of football games but also win souls. He can go up there and win a lot of football games and not win souls. He can go up there and lose a lot of football games, but still win souls. You see what I mean? I don't know if people understand that. That's just my opinion on that. That's just from me, you know, experiencing things in my life and looking at it from a Christian perspective. When God has a calling on your life, it's not going to look like other people want it to look. Even with Moses, you know, he called Moses to, you know, to, to get his people out of Egypt. Well, and, and Moses tried to give every excuse as to why he couldn't do it. I mean, Moses, but he had a speech impediment. Like he gave every reason why he couldn't do it. You know, he, but he had to do it. He had to answer the call. He had to go where God called him to go. Even Jonah ended up having to do what God called him to do. He didn't want to do what God called him to do. So God allowed him to be, you know, I guess you can say, quote unquote, eaten or swallowed by a big fish. Let me ask you this. Wouldn't you rather just do what God called you to do? And not have to go through trials and tribulations to get you back to that point? Or would you rather, I don't know, keep trying to run from God and go through all the trials and tribulations and then still, when it's all said and done, have to do what God called you to do anyway? Now, I've been on both sides of that. 
all I'm saying is all you people out there criticizing the man, look at it from the perspective of maybe God does have a calling on his life. And, and I'm telling you, if he goes up there and let's say it doesn't turn out well as far as wins on the field, the Colorado Buffaloes football team, let's say they're only getting two or three wins every year, five wins every year for the first couple of years, right? The first thing people are going to say, see, I told you he didn't belong up there. I told you it wasn't going to work out right. But you also have to look at not only the wins, but how many wins for the football team, but how many wins is there going to be for the kingdom of God? That's the way we should look at this. Anyway, that's just my opinion on that. Um, I, I'm not going to share the rest of the uh, video there. That's just my opinion on that. I think people need to, especially the black community, calm down and let God work it out. If God called him to be there and he's being obedient to God, he can't lose. And I'm not talking about just football games. I'm talking about just period. He can't lose. Wow. It's a shame I even have to say that. It's a shame that some Christians don't even automatically know that. Um, so what do you all think about that? Let me know in the comments. Um, let me know what you think about that. Now to move on to the next story here. America's favorite health expert love to be in front of the camera seem like according to this article by Fox News Fauci deputy was very very impressed with China's COVID lockdown methods despite great costs isolation and contract tracing were two tools China developed and that the U.S. ultimately adopted hmm I, I just really don't like it when they try to Compares to that big Asian country over there. Goes on to say, Dr. Anthony Fauci testified last week that his deputy at the National Institute of Health, Dr. Clifford Lane, was quote unquote very impressed with how China was managing the super flu, what I would say, in 2020, and said that the country, quote, has demonstrated this infection can be controlled, albeit at great cost, unquote. It goes on to say, Fauci was deposed under oath by state GOP attorneys, General Eric Schmidt and Jeff Landry as part of their lawsuit against the Biden administration. The two AGs have accused top-ranking government officials of working with Twitter, YouTube, and Meta, which owns Facebook, under the guise of combating misinformation in order to censor viewpoints on covid that went against the Biden administration's position. You know, we all kind of know about that right now. Uh, according to the script, the transcript of the disposition of the, of the deposition uh, released on Monday by Schmidt, Fauci said that Lane took note of China's "quote unquote" extreme measures to combat the virus. So they admitted that it was extreme measures that the big Asian country did to combat the virus. And he goes on to say, Fauci said he believes that he that he recommended that Lane travel to China with the World Health Organization to investigate the virus in February 2020. Quote, Dr. Lane was very impressed about how 
from a clinical public health standpoint, the Chinese were handling the isolation, the contact tracing, the building of facilities to take care of people. And that's what I believe he meant when he said they were managing this in a very structured, organized way, unquote, said Fauci. Now, back when I guess they went over there back in 2020, was China not doing the same thing they're doing now? Because what I'm seeing over there now, if Fauci and his this Dr. Lane guy agrees now with what they're doing in that big aging country over there, something's wrong. Something is wrong. I mean, lately videos have surfaced that, you know, they're basically allegedly welding people in their apartments to keep them from coming out to so-called contain this super flu. It is just pure evil. According to the transcript, Lane, who Fauci described as a quote-unquote very well-known competent person with extensive experience in dealing at the international level with a number of countries, unquote, reported back from the trip that China learned lessons about controlling the virus that they wanted to share. Uh, what did you want to share from that? Because from what I'm seeing over there right now, in the big Asian country, I don't want them to share anything with us. And if you did, I don't care who you are. If you were impressed with what's going on over there or what has been going over there, going on over there for the past two and a half years, something is wrong with you. I'm just being honest with you. Like you're basically, you you basically saying that the United States, the U.S. should allow this evil. That's 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 a shame. But yet people listen to this guy. People actually listen to this guy. Anyways. On to the next thing. Let me know what you guys think about that. Um, that was just part of the article. Uh, I'll leave a link uh, in the description for the rest of the uh, so-called uh, the rest of the article as far as what America's favorite health expert says and what, you know, his uh, opinions on certain things. If you're interested in that. Uh, next door, you know, I know back in I know they did it in Houston. I know they did it in Miami. Now, Chicago is having, I guess, what you call a gun buyback. Now, according to this article here, Chicago police offered to pay people to surrender their guns. Chicago police say that there were more than 100 firearms were turned in. <laughs> 100 firearms out of about how many? Hmm, okay. The Chicago Police Department held an event over the weekend that paid residents to turn over their guns. The event held at St. Ida Church in Chicago's Edgewater neighborhood on Saturday gave residents a $100 prepaid gift card for each gun they turned in and $10, $10 for BB guns, air guns, and replica guns, WFLD-TV reported. So now that they want the actual guns, they want the BB guns, the air guns, and the replica guns too. So no real ones and no fake ones. 
Chicagoans who attended the event were not asked to were not asked how they acquired the guns if they turned them in, and there was no limit to how many guns each person could exchange for a gift card. Chicagoans who attended the event, uh, well, look like this. Yeah, Chicago's who attended the event were not asked to show how they acquired the guns. They turned them in. Says the same thing there. Um, a spokesperson, a spokesperson for the Chicago Police Department, said that 103 firearms were turned in during the event, along with 19 replica guns. My question is: Out of those 103 firearms, and however many people turned those in i don't know if it's 103 people it could have been 10 people that turned in 103 firearms we don't know it could have been 50 people but how many of those i wonder this is just a question this is just this is just how i think i wonder of those 103 firearms how many of them were turned in by criminals by people who have no regard no respect for the law I would, I would I would probably say not many, if any. Why? Because criminals don't care about the law. They don't care, you know, they don't care about the police having a gun buyback. They feel they could probably make more money using the gun, performing some kind of criminalistic activity. You think, you think, Someone out there is looking to harm someone, take someone's life, rob someone, steal, kill. You think they're worried about a hundred dollar get prepaid gift card? Come on, man. Like the mindset of a criminal will probably think, and this is just my opinion, they would probably think it's better to go jack somebody or rob someone for a hundred dollars than to go turn a, a firearm in. For a hundred dollar prepaid gift card. I mean, this is common sense. Like, I don't know who I don't I, I don't even know who would even do this or who would believe in it. Like, I don't think a law-abiding citizen should ever turn in their firearm. And before I go, before going further, I don't want anyone to think I'm, you know, basically uh, an advocate for violence or anything like that. No, I'm not. I'm an advocate for defending yourself, defending your family, your your home, your property, defending the Constitution, defending your neighbor if need be, if they're in trouble and their life is on the line. That's what I believe in. I believe in the God-given right to defend ourselves. That's what I believe in. Anyways, that's just my opinion on that. I don't know why they're doing this and and. First of all, I don't know who would actually turn in their firearm. And I understand it may be a situation where they may need money. But I'm sure there are other ways you could tell you could turn a firearm in or sell a firearm, legally sell a firearm and get more than $100 for it. I mean, think about that. They're giving you a hundred dollar prepaid gift card for a firearm, but you could go somewhere and legally sell it for law-abiding citizens, or even maybe even those who who aren't law-abiding law-abiding citizens. They know they can go probably sell a firearm, obviously for more than a hundred bucks. 
and then I think somewhere in the uh, let me get let me scroll through here real fast. I think they said that let's see, gun turn ins give the people the ability to turn in a gun with no questions asked. Glenn Brooks, director of community policing for the Chicago Police Department, told the outlet, quote, we're not asking whether the gun was found, whether it was left or whether you inherited it. It does not matter. What matters is that you do whatever you can to make yourself and your family safer. Here's the thing. Why would you not ask about that? You know how many homicides have been committed with firearms in Chicago area over the past couple of years? What if one of those firearms was linked or used to commit one of those crimes? But you're not asking questions about it? That doesn't make sense. It goes on to say the guns will be destroyed by the Chicago Police Department and anyone who is unable to make the event is being encouraged to turn guns in at the police station, but they will not be eligible to receive a gift card. Do we really think these guns are going to be destroyed by the police, Chicago Police Department? Look at my face. Look at my expression. For those who are listening on podcasts, I got this look, maybe, you know, that look, uh, what you talking about, Willis? Look. They're not going to destroy these guns. Either they, the police department is going to keep them for, them for themselves. For all we know, they might end up in Ukraine somewhere. Who knows? But they're not going to destroy them. That would be a stupid move to destroy them. That's just my opinion, though. Anyways, what do you all think about this? Now that the Chicago, uh, Chicago Police Department gun buyback, the... Fauci story and the Deion Sanders story. What do you all think? Let me know in the comments. Also, if you like it, con content like this, please like, share, subscribe. Please follow uh, the podcast on all your major podcast streaming platforms. Look for Tyree TV. You will see this handsome face in the. Well, you'll see this handsome face. If you look up Tyree TV, and you see this handsome face right here, you have the right podcast. Anyways, and also please go to tiratv.com, pick out a hoodie, t-shirt, support the channel. I definitely appreciate it. And as I always say, we must be a praying people and a praying nation. See you. and cut.